Welcome to Mind Space Minimal, a podcast exploring the connections between consciousness, lifestyle, wellness, and aesthetics. We're your hosts. I'm Jessica Yatrovsky. And I'm Daniel Ryan. We hope you enjoy this episode. And today we are speaking to Jenny Quatch, who is a sleep coach, and Jenny is the founder and sleep and energy coach behind Sleep Snob Co. And we're super excited to have her here with us today. So welcome to the show, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Dan. Hi, Jess. Thanks so much for having me on the show. I'm super excited for our talk today. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for being here. We were just chatting a few seconds ago about how we met on Clubhouse. And, you know, I didn't even know a sleep coach existed. And I'm fascinated, so I'm super excited to get into this conversation today. We have some ground to cover. I think I would love, I I think Dan and I would love if you could just really quickly just share a little bit about your background and how you got into this area of expertise. And it's so specific that uh, we're fascinated. So please. Yeah, and I love sharing this story because I think like most entrepreneurs or even some business owners, right? Like they kind of fall into something that, you know, they've experienced themselves, right? Or experienced it with a family member or close friend. So like that's kind of how it happened with me as well. So um, for quite a long time, I had my own sleep and energy issues and I was always looking for hacks or tricks you know, on things to sleep better and have more energy during the day um, because I was constantly tired and fatigued. I would fall asleep a lot. And then at night, I was like a super, you know, night owl. I would constantly delay sleep in my 20s. I never slept, um, you know, because I was constantly out, um, you know, and trying to look for the next cool activity to do. Um, So I don't know, maybe it was like an accumulation of bad habits, lifestyle, and, you know, maybe some sort of uh, genetics there as well. And so I finally got um, tested at a sleep lab. And I I got tested for um, idiosyncratic hypersomnia, which is basically a high sleep drive, right? So um, that's insane, a high sleep drive. Yeah. So idiosyncratic means like, Basically, they don't know what it is, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it means in hypersomnia, right? It's like, um, you know, intense need to sleep a lot. And a, a little bit of narcolepsy as well. It's, you know, never certain because in the sleep lab, right, it's not like real life. It's in a clinic. You're in a room. There's not much air. You're connected to all these wires. Um, so that's what I te- got tested for. And when I met with a sleep doctor, um, a, a numerous uh, times, he just basically prescribed me medication to stay awake. And I'm like, I'm not against medication, but I would not like to take medication if I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they said, oh, because you have hypersomnia and uh, maybe narcolepsy, we reported you to the, um, the driving institution here in Ontario. Oh. Yes. And, you know, they said, well, maybe you can't drive. Well, I'm, you know, I'm shocked. I'm kind of angry. Um, 
because I came to you for help, not to take away my, you know, driver's license, um, you know, and so now I can't drive. And so I had to purchase medication and it's, and it was just crazy. So I just looked more into, you know, different things, um, you know, for like sleep hacks and energy hacks and just like more into the scientific research as well, like what's happening with me. Of course, they still need to purchase the medication, um, you know, but like I've learned so much with sleep, um, how it's connected to everything and energy is the vitality of life, right? While we're on this earth, um, while we're living, breathing human beings. And Mm -hmm. I just became fascinated and I was like, oh my God, I want to share this information. And um, I think we spoke a little bit about, um, you know, an interest in psychology, uh, Jess. So mm-hmm. I have a degree in psychology and I always enjoyed helping people or like coaching people. So that's how I kind of fell into it. And I wanted to share this information and, you know, teach people basically how to sleep. And it might sound silly, right? Like we don't need to be taught how to sleep, but actually a lot of the information, um, a lot of people are not aware of it, how to get quality sleep and how to even fall asleep and things like that and how things they do during the day has such a huge impact on their sleep. Mm, indeed, yeah, beautiful, thank you. you know, I, I'm wondering if you could define for us, Jenny, sleep hygiene, just to, to get a sense of what that means and what it looks like for, for different people in practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's such a big component of having that quality sleep. So sleep hygiene is, I, well, I don't know if I could say it's exactly how it sounds, but it's having mm-hmm. hygiene right, in order to get good sleep. So sleep hygiene not only begins in the evening, but it begins in the morning, right? So hygiene means getting outside, getting some movement, hydration during the day, because if we're inactive during the day, um, we don't tire our bodies out to fall asleep at night, right? And then at nighttime, sleep hygiene includes setting about half an hour at least before bed, to relax our mind and bodies, release any stress and anxiety. Of course, that includes brushing up, washing our face, maybe showering. And these are some of the sleep hygiene tips that if someone just followed sleep hygiene alone, they would definitely improve their sleep a lot. Do you feel like when you're doing a lot of activities before bedtime, showering for me is one thing that I do to wind down and putting essential oils on and just getting in the wind down mindset I still feel like I'm active and it would be lovely if I were sleep you know sitting on the couch get tired and I could just go to bed you know without doing these things but I certainly don't and I feel like I almost get a second wind this Dan, this is not Dan's problem by the way he has <laughs> bragged plenty about how he can fall asleep easily but and he does practically nothing before bedtime so I need to get on his level but I'm all about doing less and less as as little as possible he's very minimal in that sense I try yeah I very much admire that but I feel like because I have a routine before I go to bed that I'll even be you know needing to do that routine even if it's like one or two in the morning and then I get a second wind of energy after I do my routine. It doesn't actually wind me down, if that makes sense. I wonder if you kind of fall into any of that with um, your clients that you're working with, where it's like, okay, when do you start the routine? Do you start at like 
several hours before, like doing the brushing of the teeth and the showering and then relax and and then you get tired and go to bed. I don't know if this this question makes any sense. Um, <laughs> I'm just asking for myself. But yeah, I thought I would throw that out there because sometimes people get second winds when they do more right before they go to sleep. And then you have an active mind and you're getting into bed with this active mind. Yeah, no, that I, I fully understand that question. And that's a great topic. It totally makes sense. Um, so, well, there's a few areas, right, um, that we can speak on here. So with uh, the second wind, yeah, so, so we do have a sleep window. There's a certain period of time, probably between 10 p.m. to 12 p.m., where we start to get tired and sleepy. But if we're still up, right, it's like suddenly our cortisol kicks in, we kind of get the second wind, right? So yeah, you're right there. Um, and it's, a, it's something that a lot of people experience. And um, what's curious to me is, are you doing these activities to just do them or are they actually relaxing you because that's the mm. difference right? mm -hmm. great yeah. question yeah that's a really good question for me it's ha it's half and half you know because i do and i always enjoy a nice shower before bedtime i enjoy my essential oils before bedtime but then you know i don't enjoy the extraneous extenuous routine I have to put my Invisalign in and my rubber bands in and flossing and water picking and you know that's not enjoyable but that's like a have to so that you know I mean we could talk about mindset too and we won't do that <laughs> but it's like <laughs> you know it's just there's have to's and then there's love to's which is love to feel the water on my skin love to you know put something really soft on to get ready to go to bed all of those things. And then some other things that you and I were talking on the phone about is, you know, and, and also on previous episodes with Dan, how we set up our spaces, making sure they're really relaxing. So I'll often light like a little incense in or near the bedroom. And I'll try to do that. But like, I saw on your outline, you were talking about timing and like, timing of meals and timing of activities and all that I'm like oh I gotta move my timeline up and maybe I wouldn't be so like aggro and bitter and have a second wins I guess <laughs> so I just go to sleep but yeah I think it is a weird thing too right because we want to feel relaxed and do these things but we don't want to feel that they're a burden like that it's a it's a task that we have to do and, and it feels unpleasant so I get your question and it's just making me kind of actually rethink some things right now so but yeah, I'll no, let you I please love, I love that you um touched upon that topic I love your I love that you're putting that question out there because you're exactly right Jess and I feel like you've done a lot of this um sleep research and trying different things yourself um, so with the washing up and brushing our teeth, right? Like I hate that too, right? Like that is not fun for me, <laughs> right? And I don't think it's a fun activity for most people. So you're right. Like if we're doing things that we're not enjoying, it becomes a chore instead of a relaxing activity. Mm -hmm. So what we can do instead, right? If brushing our teeth, um, doing the water pig, flossing, if that feels like a chore, I wouldn't, I wouldn't include that into my bedtime routine. I would actually do that ahead of time. So if your timing is right, right, if you're eating three hours, three to four hours before bedtime, you mm -hmm. can brush your teeth, wash up, do the water pick, 
after your meal, right? Even like one or two hours before bedtime, that way you've got that out of the way. And then now you have the half an hour or hour to do the relaxing activities that you actually enjoy. I love that. I'm going to try. I will. I promise you guys I'm trying. It's (laughs) so hard and it's super hard with Clubhouse too, right? (laughs) Because you want to stay on late. I'm like, I got to get off my devices. So I'd love for you to talk about um, stimulus control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So stimulus control is, um, I don't know if we're all familiar with like Pavlov's dog. Yes. Psychology 101 back in. But for those who don't know, (laughs) it it would be helpful, I think, to to, um, like summarize it real quickly. Yeah. (laughs) So stimulus control is, you know, um, I always want to say it's basically that because like I'm familiar with it. Um, So basically, you know, um, how do I describe Pavlov's dog? Okay, so I think the the researcher was Pavlov and he had a dog. So he was testing like human behavior. So whenever he rang the bell, the dog would come get the food, right? So the bell was a stimulus for the dog to come get the food when it's ready. So we can use that in our daily routines, in our nightly routines to help us get better sleep. So what is stimulus control in terms of sleep hygiene and getting good sleep? That means staying away from the bed and the bedroom during the day. Uh, especially now during COVID or, you know, previously, a lot of people would work in the bedroom or sit on their bed to work. But then now we're associating our body and mind and telling it, oh, the bed is associated with wakefulness, right? It's associated with working in the bed. And even ideally reading in the bed is not that great as well, because we want to save the bed in the bedroom for sleep and sex, right? Like, basically almost nighttime activities yeah, yeah stay out mm-hmm. of there right um <laughs> so <laughs> out of the bedroom even though i'm literally podcasting from my bedroom but i have like a little <laughs> section over to the side that i sit at in a chair so yeah technically not the bed but it's like a it's a nook so will you allow as new it? yorkers <laughs> we, we we make the concessions we have to as new yorkers you know yeah but you know to your point i will say this and and i think dan you abide by this too mm. you make your bed in the morning so that there's no wanting to get back into it during the day because if you see that bed if you're a freelancer and for most of the people that have been working from home this past year and a half we want to get right into it in the middle of the day you're like oh just have a little break let me just like get into the bed if the bed is made it's off limits i used to love working in my bed but it totally screwed my sleep up because this mm-hmm. what just what you're saying jenny is like there are these little things but they lead to huge sleeping problems because you are would you say subconsciously associating mm-hmm. activeness with bedtime now and now you get in the bed and now you're like alert and have anxiety and can't fall asleep as easily um I mean I try to stay at nighttime I try to stay out of the bedroom until I get tired so that's the best that I can do for now but I used to be one of those people that was like the Hugh Hefner working with all the paperwork in the bed you know everything's (laughs) spread out and I, I loved it, but also could see that it was not good for my mental health and well-being and getting out of the house or moving to a different room and going out and taking a walk periodically through the day. Like you were saying exercise and movement. I'm sure like 
Dan, you could speak to that too, is like tiring ourselves out is super important. Um, But yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to like go off on a tangent or hijack what you're saying, Jenny. I just get excited. (laughs) I love talking about this. Yeah, no, I can tell from my previous phone call as well. Like, it seems like you tried different things, you know, and you're pretty well on your way if you're not already getting great sleep now. Like, I, you know, I think you're, you know, really into sleep and, um, you know, having the most productive day as possible so you can have the best sleep at night. And yeah, I love, you know, speaking with you on this topic as well. Can you talk about habit stacking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love talking about habit stacking. It's It's weird because... Well, as humans, we're all creatures of habits, right? I'm not sure like that's a saying or something like we're all creatures of habits. But why is it such like a tough topic? You know, we're always talking about um, habits, even in like Clubhouse, there's like the habit hacking and habit stacking rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because we're so comfortable creating or, you know, we're so comfortable in the habits that we know but we need to create new habits that get us closer to our goals and um, so basically habit stacking is setting up tiny little incremental habits that get us closer to our goal so they don't have to be like huge leaps right they just have to be one step at a time so it's like little things that get you closer up the ladder uh, on that note, Jenny, I'm curious, you know, in 2020 and 2021, not only these extraordinary times in the last two years, but in our age of devices and everything else, yada, yada, technology, what kind of things do you hear most often recently in terms of challenges and problems that people are running into with their sleep? Yeah, that's a great question. So in 2020, um, 2021, you know, with the whole COVID situation, um, there's something called COVID somnia now, where people are anxious yeah. and stressed out about COVID, what's happening with the world, businesses are shut down, are businesses having to pivot, um, financial issues, right? So there's a lot of stress and anxiety there, um, you know, just thinking about those topics and then you know in comes our smartphones and our tech adding to that right so we're all quarantined we're all sequestered into our homes and we're lonely like we need physical human connection we need human touch right and a lot of us are not getting that especially if we're living alone or you know if we're living even with the same person we need different human interaction so we're constantly Mm. on our phones more and we're trying to connect with other people through our phones, through our devices, and that's not helping us sleep, right? Especially if we're on the phones till the last minute. And nights are the loneliest, right, for most people. Mm-hmm. And that's when we're on the phone the most. It's true. When then we're staring mm. at the screens. I mean, I myself, it's kind of a trade-off. So like when I was suffering from really terrible panic attacks and anxiety, I use the phone as a way to sort of redirect the anxiety. So it's kind of like mm, you tr- you're trading one thing for another. So it was okay. Like mm. I remember, I think I shared this on the podcast. I curated like an anxiety playlist or anti-anxiety playlist, I should call it, on my phone. Yeah. And I just made a channel on YouTube that was all comedy, like funny things. And so if I would start to get worried at night or anxious and couldn't sleep, I would just put on the comedy 
playlist and watch it until I got tired and then I would either fall asleep or I would shut my device off and put it off to the side and like that would help but I know like long term the screens are just really bad at night and I don't know what to do about that because as a child of I guess the 80s and the 90s I love television and I love falling asleep watching TV luckily we have timers now so I'll put it on for like an hour and it turns off I know it's not good Jenny but I do it (laughs) I fall asleep to the TV but it's so soothing yeah I I don't remember if we spoke about this in our phone conversation right but like um the blue light basically tells um our system our brain that it's still daytime out so the blue light shines right into our eyeballs, into our retina, and tells us, hey, <laughs> it's still sunny outside, so we should be awake, right? And I know you're used to the habit, but, you know, that goes back to the topic on have, building, you know, new habits that get us closer mm. to our goal, right? Um, do we want to keep that habit that we're used to from being a child of television, or do we want to create new habits that get us better sleep? That's a good question. It's a decision. It is a decision. It's a hard one to make. (laughs) I will often, though, sometimes when I'm, if I'm in the bed with my phone and the television is off, which is, oh, I love that too, because then I don't have the the blue light coming from the, the main television, but I'll turn it over and I'll just listen to it or I'll listen to a podcast. Is listening okay? Like talking? If you're not looking at a screen? Yeah, it, it, it depends. I would personally say it depends on each person. Now, um, listening to like different, you know, sleep experts, they would, you know, say different things. But personally, I think it's the connection between the phone, because the phone emits Wi Fi as well, it's emitting some sort of electrical energy, right. And if it's close to you, if you're listening to a podcast, I assume it's fairly close to you, right? It's still emitting some yeah. sort of energy um, that is, you know, making your system more alert. Because I don't know, as individuals, we're made up of energy, right? Like our cells are made up of, of energy. There's hormones mm-hmm. in our bodies, you know, that work off of energy and the food that we eat. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, being constantly around tech and Wi-Fi as great as they are, that stimulates us, um, that adjusts our, you know, hormones as well. So what kind of practices do you recommend for curbing that kind of stuff? Jenny, I just started reading a book, I'm actually about halfway through called Digital Minimalism, which I'm totally loving, which is about this, uh, this subject precisely. But I'm curious, just what kind of practices you suggest for people or or what you practice yourself? Mm -hmm. Great question. It can be hard, but we have to, I would say, tie it to a bigger goal, first of all, right? Like, Mm. don't just be like, okay, I have to put away my phone, because if we don't have a reason why, we'd be like, we might say, oh, just half an hour more, or an hour more, or I can't sleep, let me just go on my phone. So tie it to a bigger purpose, right? So is it sleeping earlier, so you look better the next day, or you can have more focus? Um, like what is it what's the reason why and mm-hmm. some of the habits or you know um, things that we can do to curb our tech uh, curb us going on our tech 
is basically setting up a time, right? So say you want to go to bed by 11, um, so say 10 p.m., right? It's time to put away our phones. And we, we can set up a stimulus for that. So a stimulus can be um, like setting a notification on our phone or like some people have uh, red lighting in their homes that they can set up to automatically turn on. So, you know, when the red light turns on, it means, okay, like 10 p.m., we have to shut down our phones, our laptops. Um, Now that's the time to relax and go to bed. And that does the double duty, too, because red light actually relaxes us. Um, You know, it doesn't have the harshness of the blue light. So, yeah, that could be a great stimulus as well, is just setting up things that would work for you. When you say red light, what do you mean? Like actual bulbs that are red? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so actual bulbs are red or um, there's some uh, lighting systems that actually change colors. You can set it up. I don't know what the exact ones are, but you know they can change out uh, colors at certain times of the day. You can set it up on your phone and then it comes on automatically, right? Some people even set it up at like 7 p.m. to start triggering their melatonin, right? And, you know, Mm. melatonin is basically to induce us to fall asleep. This is fascinating because I just realized in my bedroom and living room, we have a remote control to change the light temperature. And one of the selections is red. (laughs) So uh, I haven't been using it. So this is very helpful for me. You're set up. Um, But I was also going to say that I have, and I'm curious how you feel about it on overcast days. Like I definitely have that disorder because my energy drops a lot when it's overcast and I don't see the sun. I use, it's called, I think, sun touch light lamp that omits that blue light. Um, And I only turn it on in the morning for a few hours and then I turn it off because I heard that it could knock off your circadian rhythm Mm -hmm. if you Mm. have it on like you shouldn't have it on all day you shouldn't have it on definitely absolutely not at night because it's mimicking daylight Mm -hmm. um how do you feel about things like that yeah I'm totally all for it um sad right you know um yeah (laughs) yep they call it seasonal affective disorder (laughs) They call it sad for a reason, and I totally get that too, right? I'm in, I'm close to Toronto, so we get a lot of that cloudy, gray sky, rainy weather as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so that definitely helps. Um, You know, in the morning, as soon as you wake up, um, and then getting that that vitamin D in as well. And a lot of the times, most of us don't get enough vitamin D because we're always indoors, right? Right. If you're not taking vitamin C already, I would, you know, suggest including that into your daily supplemental intake. I do. Sometimes I forget to take it, though. I'm being honest here. Full disclosure, (laughs) transparency. (laughs) It's a safe space. It's okay. I know at the pandemic, I was like, I feel like I was so healthy before it. And then when the pandemic started happening, I'm like, I'm taking too many supplements. Like, forget this. Except for the vitamin D and, and um, iron um, or zinc. I've been taking a lot of that. But I just will sit outside even if it's on a cold day and just let the sun hit my – my. this is bad for skin, they always say, but my face and my, my hands, you know, any exposed skin for a few minutes and try to get vitamin D. I think it's really important. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, 
I'm going to take my vitamin D. Jenny, I'm curious, you know, sleep is such an intimate subject and such a ubiquitous part of our lives, of course, when somebody wants to work with you, take us through your process a little bit, please. What kind of questions are there? What kind of intake, if we would would call it an intake? And uh, yeah, just how do you work with people? Yeah, for sure. So I do um, one-to-one personal coaching and do corporate workshops as well. So with the uh, personal coaching, right, um, if they're interested, we go through a sleep intake questionnaire. Basically, that goes through their health history, um, their personal habits, and lifestyle during the day. Um, A lot of the times, it's basically an accumulation of bad habits over numerous years and their lifestyle. A lot of people, you know, are used Mm -hmm. to staying up late. Maybe they're going out. They're used to eating late. Um, you know, when we meet with friends for dinner, we're not meeting them at 6 p.m., right? We're usually meeting them at like 8, 9 for dinner and drinks. And um, yeah, it's lifestyle and habits. And then so basically, it's an hour call, um, about half an hour to an hour call. I go through everything that's happening in their life. You know, maybe their diet um, is affecting their sleep as well. So it's pretty extensive. Um, I look at all aspects of their lives. And then from there, we create kind of like a step-by-step program uh, personalized to them, um, you know, based on what their needs are, setting up their environment sometimes as well, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe coaching on different topics like breath work. um, And because like, for example, oral posture is super important, um, you know, for their sleep as well, because if you have the incorrect oral posture, you could be snoring, or you could have obstructive sleep apnea. So it just goes into different topics. And then um, each week, we, you know, pick different uh, habits or strategies or tools that could work for them. And then the second week, we, we review if those things work, right? And then if they worked, great, we continue with that and add on new uh, strategies. If it doesn't, we tweak it. So yeah, it's a step-by-step program. I work with each person um, one-on-one and yeah, really give them the support and most important accountability. The accountability piece is so important. And again, sleep being such a, well, a sensitive topic, but also, I mean, it's so funny for myself, I guess just speaking for myself. I'm asleep, so I often don't know how it went, you know? Uh, And so actually reporting back and doing things like dream journals and tracking with sleep is so, in my experience, so important. Um, And you could, I can also take that too far. You know, there's a limit. I think we don't want to do too much tracking, but, uh, but yeah, I'm just curious to hear you talk a little bit more about the conversation that you have with people about tracking and feedback and what they feel works. Even if you have any stories about anything that's worked, that's kind of yeah. novel recently, that'd be cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so with tracking, right, like you mentioned, Dan, um, there, you know, there's a limit, right? If you're tracking it, that's amazing because we can't change what we don't track. But we don't want to overtrack because then now we get anxiety. Like you see a lot of people who have sleep um, sleep trackers or sleep tech wearables where they're adamant about 
getting, you know, that perfect score. But we don't want right. to aim for perfect sleep because there's no such thing. We're not perfect human beings. We want to aim for good sleep, right? So we want to aim for like 80%, right? So if we're over tracking, now we're laying in bed thinking, oh my God, fall asleep, fall asleep. Then you have anxiety now, right? Um, and, and then that's redundant. Um, yeah, so like what works for people is, you know, having that correct having that correct sleep hygiene, um, putting away their, you know, Bluetooth, uh, blue devices, um, setting up a correct environment for sleep, setting up your room so it's dark, there's no noise, um, something that's comfortable for you, something that relaxes you. Having the correct mattress and pillows is super important too. Um, and then like be intentional. I think one huge aspect of sleep is being intentional about going to sleep because for a long time now I think you know we put sleep on the back burner and think that we should fall asleep as soon as we hit the bed but that's not how it works right like just like our business if we're intentional with it we're gonna go places mm -hmm. yeah it's funny because I literally today my sister she just sent me this meme that was like being an adult is all about being tired telling people how tired you are and listening to other adults tell you how tired they are too and I'm like yeah why can we not get to bed <laughs> it's like and like for people that don't have children too it's like we still can't get to bed it's obnoxious <laughs> and I can only imagine that you know you're very popular because this is such a problem, but I am curious, you know, having heard you describe a little bit more about how you work, do you see that like pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic, were people still coming to you for some of those same problems that were happening pre-pandemic? Yeah. So for the pandemic, it was kind of like, you know, what we talked about with the COVID somnia. Now they're lying in bed. They can't sleep. Um, they're home all throughout the day. They're inactive. Now they have a sedentary lifestyle where they wake up, they go to work, stare at the TV, go on the phone. And now they're not getting sleep quality sleep, right? Because they've been inactive mm -hmm. throughout the day. So I'm seeing a lot of more of those issues. But then on the other hand, there's, you know, some other people who were super busy, right? Like they were always traveling or having meetings. And, um, you know, we see that with a lot of like business owners or like CEOs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They were so busy before they thought they didn't need to sleep, right? And we all always see that like the hustle culture. We say like sleep is for losers or sleep is for the dead but now because mm -hmm. you know they're dialed back on all of that they're actually getting better sleep so i'm seeing like both sides of the spectrum right so i'm having conversations with some people who have like really good sleep but they want to like increase it um they want to improve their sleep even more because now is the time where they have the time to do that right they're not doing all these meetings and traveling and like lunches with other people so they have the time to work on their health now and then on the other hand right like i just mentioned is people dealing with a lot of insomnia and that sedentary lifestyle i would love to pivot for a moment and talk about women in sleep because that's something that you and i briefly discussed and there was this question that i had 
And I looked this up because I heard this a long time ago and I just looked it up again today. And it says the average adult needs between seven to nine hours of sleep per night to feel refreshed, which is very subjective. But research suggests that women tend to sleep just a bit longer, 11 minutes to be exact, than men. What? Hmm. What? (laughs) (laughs) My, My natural inclination is to think that maybe women need more sleep because of our reproductive organs. I don't know. That's just a guess. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'm curious, like, as we kind of segue into talking about women and sleep, what you think about the differences between, you know, men and women and specifically about women's health with sleep. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so 11 minutes doesn't sound like a lot, um, you know, but sometimes it could be a lot, right? And I think with women, there's so many more things that happen, right? With our reproductive system, our monthly cycle, maybe menopause as well. Uh, pregnancy um, and women were we need we need more sleep right because our body behaves differently right there's like a lot more going on usually like in our brains as well uh, women are more likely to complain about lack of sleep as well um, and I think women sometimes use a lot more, more energy during the day because we're processing so many different emotions you know we have so many roles to play in society and for our partners as well I think that's, you know, maybe that's where the difference is. Great. (laughs) We got so much more cellular repair to do when we're sleeping. Just a no big deal. Just more pressure. Yeah. Like I was thinking about that too, because I had read before and we discussed this on a previous podcast or on the previous episode of our sleep themed month about how back in the day, humans used to sleep in segmented um, sleep like two blocks of sleep and how like the myth of the eight hour block of sleep is just that a myth that we don't need eight hours of sleep um, but I wonder how you feel about the time limits of sleep like do you feel like it's different for every person or do you think like the human body needs a general amount of sleep to function to be able to restore yeah, so I think that general guideline, you know, seven to nine hours is a general guideline, right? And we should aim for that. A lot of people, you know, say I can work on five or six hours, but they're not working at their full capacity, right? If they mm-hmm. got a little bit more sleep, you know, they could do a lot more. Their brain is more capable. You know, there's a lot more cellular repair, like you said. So if we sleep for a short amount of time, right, we go through, you know, several different uh, sleep cycles. So Stage one, stage two um, is our light sleep. Stage three, four is our deep sleep. And then there's a REM sleep. So we need to go through a certain amount of cycles in order for different processes and functions in our body to repair themselves. So we're not getting those cycles in, right? Um, Our bodies Mm -hmm. are not, you know, complete, I guess. So like, for example, if, you know, you're doing an update on your laptop, right? You can't just say, I'm going to stop at 80% and not update it anymore. We need to allow the completion, the 100% for it to fully function. I think that's the same way. Of, of course, humans are more complicated, but, you know, kind of same kind of idea there. As we're coming to a close here, are there any projects coming up that you're excited about, Jenny? Anything 
that's happening for you currently that you'd like to share with us or the people that are listening? Yeah. Any events, courses, workshops? Yeah. So um, just a one-to-one personal coaching that I offer and I'm looking to work with more corporate, um, you know, corporations as well for my corporate Mm -hmm. workshops. I definitely love getting the message out there to workplaces because I think, you know, we're so used to the nine to five um, and we always put sleep on the back burner. It was deemed as being lazy. I love like teaching that to, you know, the employers and the employees as well and sharing how if they get better sleep, right, they're so much more productive and like, what does that mean to the businesses, right? Then maybe you're bringing in more revenue or like increasing the culture um, in -hmm. your company. So those are two things I am working on right now. And, you know, I'm working on building my brand. I'm super excited to spread the awareness of and the importance of sleep. And I'm working on different projects, um, collaborating with different people for now. And yeah, I'm open to any other, you know, any other projects that people want to collaborate with. I love that. Beautiful. And so if you were to give us a little freebie takeaway what would be the main thing that you would share with somebody that they could get started on right away in terms of improving their sleep hygiene maybe yes the sleep hygiene is like the number one thing i would definitely you know share with anyone because getting that right is essential to getting our sleep right um it's the habits and the lifestyle that are always, always like, I would say 80% of the time is the issue. And as soon as we clear all of those up, people are like, I see such a huge transformation. So I would definitely say the sleep hygiene. And what specifically, which would be like a, a quick little snack of a takeaway oh, there's that they so could start working <laughs> on the sleep hygiene. Just one, just yeah, one thing. So much. Uh, I would say for this time i would say being intentional and putting away the blue device blue light devices okay there it is put down the phones All right. put down the phones that's you heard her that's the hard i know it's the hardest <laughs> heard it it here. Yeah. simple but that is the biggest issue like across the board yeah. with everyone no doubt yeah that makes so much sense well where can we find you online yeah, so um, you can find me. My website is sleepsnob.com. So sleep and then snob, S-N-O-B.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at sleepsnobco, C-O, for company as well. Awesome. All we right. will be linking Fantastic. that in the show notes so people can go ahead and click and you can find Jenny and ask her all of the questions you want to ask her and work with her because you're amazing. And uh, I'm going to turn on my red lights tonight. Now I'm going to get, there's no time like the present, right. To get started on this. So yeah, with that, thank you so much for being with us on Mindspace Minimal. Yeah. Thank you, you, Jenny. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Jess and Dan for having me. And there's so many topics that we can go into. I feel like every I know. conversation, it's like the tip of the iceberg, right? No and doubt. then 100%. Like a couple conver- a couple of days of conversation. So I'm super excited, <laughs> you know, that we had this chat. And yeah, I appreciate it so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. 
Yeah, we definitely right. want you. to continue these conversations about sleep because they're so important. And I find that Dan and I are always checking in with each other. It's mostly just me complaining and him being like, I had a great night's sleep. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think you've brought up some really important things that I'm going to go away and think about and try to apply. <laughs> But thank you for sharing your expertise with us and giving these really useful tips and hard truths. And yeah, so everybody go to the show notes, click on Jenny's website, check her out on Instagram. And yeah, thank you for being with us again. Yeah, thanks again. Thanks Thanks so much, Dan and Jess. All right. Bye now. Bye. Talk to you later. Visit us at mindspaceminimal.com and email us at mindspaceminimal at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.